Tell me if you relate. You have a product or service and you want more folks to know about it. And social media ads haven't worked out so great. Or maybe you want to take your current marketing strategies up several notches. I find podcast marketing so smart and helpful. Honestly, even if I didn't have a show of my own, I would recommend it. A recent study showed that podcast advertising is over four times more effective than display ads, with 67% of listeners remembering brands. And 63% of listeners surveyed said that they have made a purchase after hearing a podcast ad. I know I have, and I have gotten some sweet deals too. Zencaster's creator network makes it easy to not only reach potential customers through podcasts, but to make sure that your brand and the shows are a good fit. If you are interested in sponsoring this show or running ads on other podcasts, visit zen.ai slash girlbonerradio0. Fill in your contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. Again, that's zen.ai slash girlbonerradio0. What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Lana Kerr grew up in Jamaica, where she learned that sex is sacred. It should be, you know, enjoyed between two committed individuals that are married. That's really how I was raised. At the same time, she picked up on what so many of us who were reared as girls do. This idea that our sexuality is something we give to others namely straight cis men, something that can even potentially have power over others. But, of course, that same dynamic can make us feel powerless, as though our sexuality isn't our own. I feel like I understood the power that it had for myself, the benefit that it had for myself, when I was in my 40s. Before that, I've always seen it as something for someone else. One of the messages that my mom had relayed to me, I remember getting married. I got married when I was 26. She said to me, one of the best ways to keep your marriage and to keep your husband happy is to feed him every day and to give him sex every day. So in that message, it was as if I'm giving it, doing something for him, you, you know? Over a decade after Lana's mother gave her that advice, they had a second conversation. And that one helped turn those ideas around. So when I was in my 40s, I had a conversation with my mom. I said to her, you know, how do I know that I'm having good sex? And she said to me that good sex is like playing tennis. It's just a different set of balls. You just need to focus on hitting the ball. And that is what really changed my life because I understood it more of as a connection. You know, I mean, when you think of, you know, Serena Williams hitting a tennis ball, She's not thinking about how she's looking hitting the ball. She's really, her focus is on connecting to that ball. And 
that's what translated for me when it comes to to sex. It's really about connecting with my partner and really just being in the moment and being present and not as what I thought it was or was more of a performance. I think that's what it was most of my life. It was just, it's a performance that you're doing for someone else. Whereas no, that shift actually really changed things in my relationship with myself as well as my relationship with my husband. Ah, beautiful. And how did that impact your own pleasure, recognizing that? Well, I, then I started getting really deeper pleasure because it was, it was, I could be still, I could be present in the moment and really feel as opposed to being out of my body. You know what I'm saying? So I think by doing that, changing that perspective, first, it, it allowed me to initiate it without intention behind it. Like this is my, I'm relaxing into this. This is, I'm, this is, I'm doing this for my relaxation, for my pleasure for my way to unplug, for my way to connect with him. And I think for women, so much of sexual enjoyment is in our head. So when we have that right perspective in our head, then it allows us to open up and to really let go and to enjoy and to connect. So that's what that did for me. In other words, Lana's mother gave her some of the worst and best sex advice she's received. And that second conversation they had with the good advice led to a whole series of discussions. Which, to be honest, I kind of almost regretted for a little. I'm like, mommy is being too honest here. <laughs> and my mind was visualizing things that she was saying. But because I was more in tuned with my body, that's when, when I got into my late 40s, I started feeling a different sensation. Like I wasn't enjoying it as much. And I know that my perspective hadn't changed. I, you know, I was connecting with my husband. I was, I was feeling good about it, but pleasure decreased. All of that led Lana to further tend to her own pleasure by going in to see her gynecologist who talked to her about the ways tissue in the vulva and vagina changes over time, especially around middle age and menopause. The gynecologist recommended an energy-based device that's designed to help. That's when Alana realized that a product at her company, Lumisk, already accomplished similar things, but on the face. So after doing some tweaks, doing you know clinical studies for for safety and effectiveness, we we it was conclusive that what we had was able to regenerate that area. So after doing that for myself, then sex got even more pleasurable because it just really was able to bring back that tissue so it was functioning as if I was in my 20s again. But now I had a different mindset to go with it. So it was just made it that much more enjoyable. Lana's company now offers that product, CO2 Lift Carboxy Gel, for people with a vagina seeking similar benefits. In other words, the best sex advice she received ended up impacting her life and the many people her company reaches. Indeed, sex advice can be impactful in good and not-so-great ways. Where do you go for yours? Do you turn to your friends, a sex coach, books, the internet? podcasts. 
there is definitely no shortage of sex advice at our fingertips these days. I just Googled the term, and in less than a second, it drew up 6,880,000 results. I'm sure many are wonderful or practical, while others are misleading or even really toxic. I searched Instagram for sex advice too, and I was actually pretty pleased with most of the top results. One is a quote from therapist Esther Perel. It reads, Erotic couples understand that foreplay is not something that you do five minutes before sex begins. Foreplay pretty much starts at the end of the previous orgasm. 100% yes. Another good one features a quote from sexologist Dr. Jess O'Reilly. When vulnerability is met with love and support, it's a formula for intimacy. And the account Shrimp Teeth shared a post on queer sex myths that includes some smart advice. Here's a little excerpt. Some folks have strong preferences for giving or receiving. Others like to trade roles. Do whatever pleases you, regardless of how you present. A few doozies popped up too. This really cringy joke about a married couple. And a list of foods that will supposedly instantly boost your libido. There aren't any actually. But overall, there was some sound advice on the gram. And that is a very good thing, considering how little most of us learn about sex and pleasure early on. I would venture to guess that most of us have also received some of that downright awful sex advice. Today, I'm going to share some of both WTF and wonderful sex advice from experts who have appeared here before in not-yet-released clips. Then I'll share a few throwback sex tips the awesome kind from past episodes. Okay, let's dive in. The worst sex advice Babe West, a fat-bodied entertainer and sex worker, recalls hearing, involves socks. Yeah, where's sex advice going way, 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 way back? Wear socks. You won't get pregnant. I don't even know how they got it. I It had to have been a movie. Like, who the hell says that kind of thing to people? I'm not sure where that came from either, but there is some research that shows that wearing socks during sex might make orgasms stronger. Cozy feet, hotter climaxes. I really appreciated the positive sex advice Babe shared. It involves sex expectations go into sex like you're going into a comedy club. Be prepared to laugh, but also feel ludicrous, uncomfortable. And depending on the person you're going in with, maybe even a little called out or embarrassed. When I asked Frank Wiegers, co-author of The Magical Sex Book, about the worst sex advice he had ever heard, it took him a minute. Um... I try to block that out. I'm cracking my brain. What comes up to me is something my father told me just before I got married. He said, don't ever get urine inside of her. Oh, thanks, Dad. What does that mean? (laughs) That was the totality of the sex education I got in my household. That was it. Even thinking about sex was considered a mortal sin, he said. And he's still not sure what his dad was even talking about. 
The best sex advice Frank has heard stems from two books, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski and Women's Anatomy of Arousal by Sherry Winston. The advice was to learn about women's bodies and how they respond sexually so that by heightening their arousal, I get their sexual energy and it heightens my arousal. I love that. And I think it applies to any partner or partners we might have sex with, regardless of their sex or gender. Learning some of the basics from a trusted source like Frank did and learning about a particular partner's desires can go so far. No two clitorises or penises, for example, will enjoy the exact same thing every time. But we can still learn some basics such as relax. The clitoris is not a DJ booth. Yes, I saw that on Instagram too. Dr. Heather Bartos, gynecologist and host of the Me Spot podcast, told me that the worst sex advice she hears about in her work with vulva owners is also sadly common. She primarily works with cisgender women, and when someone comes into her office with a sex challenge, they aren't enjoying it, for example, they've often heard something from another doctor that has done more harm than good. Kind of the most popular one that I hear a lot is because a lot of doctors don't know what to say is that, you know, well, you just need to, you just need to do it. You just need to fake it. It's not really addressing her as a woman with her own individual sexuality. It's just saying, well, just lay there, just lay there and take it and it'll get better. It's misogynistic. It's dated. It's actually possibly more sexually damaging than what she's already going through because no one unpacks what all is going on there. And so you don't know that she wasn't abused or raped or sexually assaulted or, I mean, you don't know what's going on. You don't know that her husband or partner is not a total a-hole. It's almost like a flick out the door. I, I don't even have time to address that. It's not important to address. And I think that sexual health really is a vital sign. Just like when we take your blood pressure and your temperature and your respiratory rate. How's your sex life, she said, should be as common as questions like, are you eating and sleeping well? That should be automatically in every medical assessment because it does give you a sense of their general health. I, how's the sex life? I'll always ask that when I'm doing a pap smear. They'll say, well, it's, you know, it is what it is. And I said, hmm, by whose, by whose decision? And then she says, well, you know, my partner's undergoing care for prostate cancer. And so, you know, we're going through a lot. Then, you know, then I know that's what's happening, you know, and I can kind of help to address, you know, cancer, grief and that kind of thing. And if it's, well, I don't know, I just don't really care about it. You know, then I know to check certain things too. So don't ever feel like you need to grin and bear it. If you're struggling in the sex department, find helpful resources. Seek support. We can see our own sexuality, how we feel about it, as a vital sign too. Heather's favorite advice to give patients, definitely in the best category, is to understand that change in our sex lives takes time. And our sexuality is not static. It's more like a river. We flow, we change as the landscape changes. I mean, the whole life. And so not to expect the sex you had in your 20s or your 40s or your 60s, it can actually get much better 
it's a myth that we're, our sex lives are over at 50 or 60, total myth, really focusing on us aging. And again, that's that river as we kind of move from like the rapids to kind of a slow flow area is teaching women at every point of life is how, what do, what do you expect in the next decade? What's coming up? What problems do we foresee just might be part of the body's aging experience and what can we navigate around? Sarah J, porn star and CEO of Wide Side Productions, who you will hear more from here soon, told me that her least favorite sex advice is anything that involves sex with a partner being all about one's self. The, the biggest thing that I guess like is most annoying to me is when you're, people are just in it for themselves, you know, like they're just trying to get off. No girl likes to feel or no person that is a vessel for your, your meat. No person likes to feel like used, you know? So it's super important to make sure that the other person is enjoying themselves too. Don't just try to get yourself off. As for the best sex advice she's heard, it is all about communication. Kind of a no-brainer, but you have to be communicative. You know, you have to communicate with your partner. Like, you have to. And a lot of people think when you hear the word communicate that you need to sit down and have a discussion before you have sex. And no, that's not it. It's like, ooh, baby, do you like this? Do you like it when I do that? What if I lick here? Oh, I bet you'd love it if I put my mouth on that. Like talk back and forth and also look at people's reactions and responses to things that you're doing, like even nonverbal communication is super important. Like if you're doing something to a girl and she's like, um, that's probably because she doesn't like it. It probably doesn't feel good. And you should probably check in with her. Like, does that feel good to you or no? When I was younger, like, I feel like communication was one of those things where I was like, I don't want to talk about it. But the thing is, is like, you can talk sexy about it and being sexy about it adds to the whole experience anyway. Amen. More communication, please. Now for a few of my favorite sex tips from past episodes starting with advice from sex educator Luna Matatas, who joined me to explore pegging. I love that this applies not only to pegging, which is, by the way, slang for a person with a vulva entering a guy's rear while wearing a strapped-on dildo, but it applies to sex in general. When we're trying something new, whether that's a toy or fisting or anal play, size often does matter. So does easing your way into new terrain. Do you recommend easing your way in literally and, well, literally with, you know, your finger, with smaller toys, you know, before you go to the triple X? Totally. The triple X is like next level. And everyone, whether they're taking from a finger to a penis, to a dildo, to a fist, everyone requires anal training. Our, our anus is a, a muscle or built up of several types of muscle. And so we don't necessarily have that constriction and expansion in the same way that we talk about vaginal muscles. And, and we don't necessarily need vaginal training, but we need anal training because the anus just functions differently. And so when thinking about how do I build up to this, one of the great ways, if you're the Peggy or you're the receiver, is to start touching your own butthole and, and to, you know, put your finger up there in the shower and get used to the sensations. Start masturbating with your butthole. Start using really small 
butt plugs and allow your ass to get kind of comfortable with being penetrated and being a receiver. And from there, it's actually a physiological experience for people where we toughen parts of the tissue around the anus so that they're more likely to be resilient and they won't necessarily tear or injure as easily. And then the muscle, we're training the muscle to expand and get stronger. And so that helps with penetration, whether you're taking bigger things or smaller things, it just helps ease any pain if we slowly build up versus, I've never put anything in my butt, babe. Can you just peg me? Huh? Advice Luna shared around, quote unquote, giving pleasure seems applicable to so many types of sex too. Here's another very common myth about pegging that it's really all about the receiver's pleasure, when in fact, there's potential for pleasure not only for the peggy, but for the pegger. Ooh, yes. Strap-on play for some people looks like it's a one-way thing. And so if you're strapping it on and you've got this silicone dildo, you think, well, I'm putting something in someone and I'm not getting, and this is really our society's problem with kind of phallic-centered pleasure and that everything is going to be in the penetration tool and that's where all the pleasure comes from. And that's not true. And so we've got a whole, you know, erotic experience that is a combination of our physical selves as well as our erotic selves. So your, your mind is taking in like what's going on. Maybe this is the first time that you've penetrated your partner. Maybe this is a fantasy you both have been really wanting to do. So there's all this mental excitement and mental stimulation. There's a visual stimulation as well. And there's a physical stimulation. So the clitoris has stimulation potential from the mound of the vulva. And so that area kind of pounding against something, you know, there's vibrators you can slip into your strap on or things like that. But even just the the simple kind of pounding that you would get also during vaginal penetration, that is stimulating. It's almost like a really big vibrator that you're creating against your body. And who doesn't want that? While we're at all of this, seeking out and embracing pleasure on all sides of sex, it's important to keep things in perspective. Challenging other societal messages that have been tinkering with our sex lives might just unlock whole worlds of pleasure. One way to do so? Queering things up. Take it from non-binary gender and sex therapist turned coach, Ray McDaniel. We get stuck in this idea of masculine and feminine energy in the bedroom, or certain sex acts are for people with certain body parts. And I talk about queering that up. And what I mean by queering that up is simply to to question what are the boxes that we have created for ourselves, and are they actually helpful to us? Or are they limiting to us? If we're trying to get to know ourselves intimately, Ray said, we have to unlearn or at least question the ways we may be engaging in sex and relationships based on societal messages about what it means to be a man or woman or masculine or feminine. Instead, we can ask ourselves, what actually feels good for me? And within that, knowing that there is no such thing as feminine or masculine energy. So we can get a lot more specific. Instead of using placeholders of feminine and masculine, let's just say what we mean. Are we talking about dominant and submissive energy? 
Are we talking about soft and slow energy versus hard and fast? And those are not gendered concepts. For example, um, I've worked with a number of trans feminine clients who have an assumption that because they are trans feminine, they need to be submissive. They need to be a bottom. They need to engage in certain sex acts. And that's not true, right? You can be a amazing, badass, high-powered femme person who is a super top. You can use body parts that you have or use toys and dildos to be a, a penetrating partner. And that says nothing about your gender identity or your role in the bedroom. Another way to feel freer in your sexuality involves chipping away at shame. I loved what therapist and sex worker Jet Setting Jasmine shared about doing so. Identify what makes you feel shameful and think about where those messages came from. Who specifically, when you hear that voice, who do you picture? Is it your pastor? Is it your mother? Is it, you know, the bully down the block? Who is it? And then give that back to them. That's your shame. That's actually not mine. I really don't feel that way now. 30 years later, I actually realized that has nothing to do with me. Give them their message back because it no longer serves you. We can give shame back because nine times out of 10, it's not ours to begin with. I love that so much. We can give shame back because nine times out of 10, it's not ours to begin with. I feel like we should all write that down. Keep it somewhere. As we chip away at shame, it's also important to explore our bodies if we're interested in sex of any kind. If you would like to explore masturbation for the first time, consider this advice from psychologist and sex therapist, Dr. Shannon Chavez. I think the first tip is to explore your anatomy first. And that may start with getting naked, looking at your nude body, being open to exploring. And by exploring, I mean really touch things, move things around, see how things work, how they look, become embodied and connected to your anatomy. So then masturbation doesn't seem like an obscure thing, but then you can say, all right, now I want to explore where to touch and how to touch. And use your hands. You don't need a fancy vibrator to masturbate. It can start with sensual touch, massage, just really exploring different types of sensations. And then, of course, feel free to add toys or other accessories to the mix. Some people, especially folks with a vulva, only experience orgasm with a toy. And that is completely okay. The pleasure chest carries my favorite sex toys, including basic non-vibrating dildos, masturbation sleeves, cock rings, and more. Check out their latest specials and get free always discreet shipping over $75 at thepleasurechest.com. Again, that's thepleasurechest at thepleasurechest.com. I also loved these tips from Elle Chase, author of Curvy Girl Sex, and Cindy Darnell, author of the forthcoming Sex When You Don't Feel Like It. Breathe. Breathe, 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 breathe. It's surprising how many people don't breathe when they're about to come, mm -hmm. when they're getting aroused. Pay attention to your breath. Get Barbara Corellis' book, Urban yeah, Tantra. Absolutely. She has amazing breath exercises there, and it's just a fantastic book anyway. And I think I would say 
your body knows what to do. Trust your body. It knows what to do. Mm. If it if it is having a good time, it's having a good time. If it needs a break, it needs a break. That your body knows what it to do when it comes to sex. Here is to listening to and trusting your body. It is so wise. I think the same applies when we hear sex advice. Helpful, positive sex advice prioritizes pleasure and not just one person's pleasure, unless it's solo play, of course. It's also based on science, not fiction or societal myths. And it's chock full of safety and respect for everyone involved. So when you hear it, you will feel respectful and respected. Find links to the experts and episodes that I mentioned in this episode at augustmclaughlin.com slash sexadvice. And if you would like to share the worst and best sex advice you've ever heard, drop me a note. To save 15% on CO2 lift carboxygel, the product Lana Kerr came up with, use the code GIRLBONER at co2lift.com. Her company, Lumisk Skincare, isn't sponsoring the show. That's not an ad. Lana just wanted to generously offer that discount to you all. You can also find it down in the show notes. And if you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would so appreciate it if you would post a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store. And please do tell your friends about it. You can also support the show while getting fun bonus content by joining my community at patreon.com slash girlboner. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>